Cleopatra would have described herself as a Greek. Whatever the racial ingredients of her Macedonian ancestors, her language, like theirs, was Greek, and so was her whole education and culture. Michael Grant, author of From Alexander to Cleopatra, The Hellenistic World. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today we'll be debunking some persistent myths about one of the most famous women in history, Cleopatra, Queen of Egypt. Cleopatra's been back in the news recently, with the announcement, amid some controversy, that Gal Gadot will be playing the legendary monarch in an upcoming film, reprising a role played in the past by Vivian Lee and Elizabeth Taylor. The controversy, such as it is, surrounds the ever-popular fight over so-called cultural appropriation. There are some who are angry that Godot, who is Israeli, is playing the role rather than an Egyptian actress, which brings us to myth number one. Cleopatra was an Egyptian. Well, she was, and she wasn't. It really depends on how you choose to define ethnicity and nationality. For a personal example, my grandmother was born in Massachusetts, making her an American. But her parents, and their parents, all the way back for hundreds of years, were Italian. She was an American by nationality, and an Italian ethnically, and for much of her life also culturally. The same is true of Cleopatra. She was a direct descendant of Ptolemy. Alexander the Great's general, who became ruler of Egypt when Alexander's empire was divided after his death in 323 BC. Ptolemy, like Alexander, was from the Greek kingdom of Macedon, and when Cleopatra was born almost 300 years later in 69 BC, she remained ethnically Macedonian because the royal family only intermarried in order to keep the bloodline pure. The royal court was Hellenistic, or Greek, in culture, language, and practice. So while she was born in Egypt, Cleopatra was essentially a Greek. She did, however, try to break the 300-year streak of her ancestors basically shunning everything Egyptian, which comes into play with myth number two. Myth number two is that Cleopatra was a beautiful enchantress who seduced great men like Caesar and Antony with her sexual wiles. The idea that Cleopatra was one of the most beautiful women in the world has been reinforced in our time by the actresses who have played her. All have been beautiful. But during her life, she was never described as gorgeous. The images we do have from coins of the time show a large hooked nose and a large forehead. Rather than beautiful, she was described as captivating, which we tend to translate today into a physical description. But then it wasn't. She was captivating because of her conversational skills, her ability to make a cogent argument, and her intellect and education, which was extensive both for women at the time and for the party boy rulers who had come before her. She was the first ruler in the Ptolemaic dynasty who actually learned to speak Egyptian, one of the ten languages that she mastered. She took advantage of the famed Library of Alexandria to acquire an excellent classical education, 
in mathematics, astronomy, and writers like Homer, Aristotle, and Plato, and was understandably pissed when Caesar accidentally burned the library down. It's likely that her looks were emphasized over her intelligence, both because it was a man's world and because it was a simple way for Roman historians to demonize her, blaming her for the fall of Caesar and Antony. Sadly, all of the contemporary accounts we have come from the Roman perspective, and we all know what happens when the victors write history. Our third myth today is that Cleopatra committed suicide over the death of Mark Antony, dying from the bite of an asp. First of all, while she was likely distraught over her lover's death, also by suicide to avoid being captured by Octavian's forces, she most likely killed herself for essentially the same reason Antony did. She had been defeated in battle, her kingdom was lost, and all she had to look forward to was being paraded through Rome as a disgraced spoil of war. Suicide seemed the only option left to her. And while legend, and most of the films, say she died from the bite of an asp, there's no proof to support this. It's far more likely that she died from some type of poison, either by pricking herself with a needle dipped in it, or by consuming the poison the old-fashioned way, by drinking it. The snake's story is more dramatic, but far less likely. So that's three quick myths to watch for when the new Cleopatra movie comes out in the next year or so. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.